you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger team. fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with a ton of protein and better for you than any other protein bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Locked on Dodgers is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder at Baseball Essential. Uh, My usual co-host, Vince Samperia of Chavez Ravine Fiends, is not needed today because today's episode is just an interview I did with Dodgers minor league coach Petey Montero. I did this interview on Friday. Uh, The world was a simpler place on Friday. Um, the, a lot has gone on in the world and a little has gone on in the baseball world tomorrow. Vince and I will probably talk more about, uh, the rumored players, uh, counter proposal to the owners about playing a season. Uh, maybe we'll have more news on that by the time we record tomorrow's episode. Uh, but for today we're, I'm just talking with Petey Montero who, uh, has a really cool backstory and had a lot of really interesting insights into what's going on with the Dodgers right now, what's going on with their minor leaguers, their minor league system, all of that. So uh, PD was a really cool guy and had a lot of interesting things to say. So for now, I will turn it over to my interview from Friday with PD Montero. Hey, PD, thanks for uh, taking time to talk to me. Of course, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about just kind of tell us your background, your your this would have been what your fourth season as a coach with the Dodgers. Yeah, my fourth season. Tell us how you how that happened because you you never played organized professional baseball, right? That is correct. I just played a couple years of independent baseball. Tell tell me about your your path to becoming a Dodgers coach. All right. Well, um, you know, obviously, just like most people, played a little bit of high school baseball, college baseball. Um, I finished my last two years at William Penn University in Iowa. And uh, during that time, I had a really good mentor who's still my mentor, uh, uh, former Dodger Reggie Smith. Um, So I've been learning from him, I mean, since I was about 15, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, he, uh, him and I built a really good relationship. Uh, I actually just got off the phone with him a little while ago. We were talking a little bit and, um, you know, he was preparing me for coaching and I had no idea uh, that he was doing that. And I, actually really enjoyed the coaching aspect of baseball. Um, I think it was just because I, you know, am really into, you know, the little things about the game. And, um, you know, I got into that and worked for him for about 12 years and studied under him. So I had some, you know, really good mentors in him um, and a couple other coaches in my, in my lifetime. And uh, I was actually working as a firefighter in during that time. And the Dodgers called uh, during, for an interview. Uh, you may or may not know, but Jeremy Rodriguez, he was our AAA fourth coach last year. Uh, him and I have known each other since he was 12 years old. He used to come okay. to my high school to work out, and we built relationships, and he ended up um, 
coming to work out at Reggie Smith's Academy when I was an instructor there. And when he was still playing, well, we built a relationship and we always talked about, man, that'd be kind of cool. We could coach together at some point. And he was with the Padres, got an interview with the Dodgers, got the job there. And before you know it, they were asking for other coaches and he put my name down for uh, another coach for a position and got the interview. And here I am four years later. So that's awesome. Yeah. I've got, yeah. We, were, we were talking about my bobbleheads before I hit record and right over my right shoulder, I've got Reggie Smith back there. Mm-hmm. I've got the, Oh, that's 430 awesome. homers bobblehead. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, did you were you a Dodger fan growing up? A huge Dodger fan. I went to I want to say it was somewhere between like 17 and 20 straight opening days as a kid. Wow. Um, my whole life. So, my dad. Um, I mean, I was a big baseball fan. Just, I mean, probably when I came out of the womb, to be honest with you, I always had a ball bat and had Dodgers gear. My dad, um, you know, had season tickets when I was growing up. Um, and then as I got older, he lost some of the tickets and had friends that still kept tickets. And I mean, I could probably say I've been to, I don't know, probably over a hundred Dodgers games in my, in my lifetime, maybe more. Nice. Um, opening day was like my favorite day. My dad would take me out of school and we would go early, um, and, and it, I mean, it's pretty surreal to show up now and be a part of the Dodger organization. Hadn't been a fan my whole life. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What? So you didn't apply for a job with the Dodgers. The Dodgers reached out to you. Yes. That, that must have <clears throat> yeah. been crazy. I mean, it was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, when Jeremy told me, he goes, hey, man, I, I might have put your name down for a coaching job. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, Really? He goes, yeah. So he goes, just be ready. They might be calling you, you know, and I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, all right, if I get it, great. We'll see what happens. And um, I actually interviewed and didn't get the job the first time. Um, it was between uh, another guy and myself. And then Gabe Kapler called me probably about like two or three weeks after that first interview and said, Hey, you want to try this again? I said, sure. Answered a bunch of questions through an email. And then like within a couple of minutes, he's like, that's what I was looking for. Um, you know, can you meet for a face-to-face interview? I said, sure. Just let me know when and where. And he actually lived in my neighborhood. Um, and I knew him from when I was in high school, high school, college, somewhere in that neighborhood. He was uh, still playing with the Red Sox and he used to hit at the facility, indoor facility that I used to work out of where one of our, uh, hitting consultants, uh, Craig Wallenbrock and JT's hitting guy, Doug Lotta used to work out of that facility called the ball yard yeah. uh, in Chatsworth. And I, I used to go in there to hit and Cap came out and he's like, Hey, do you guys mind if I jump in and hit with you guys? Cause we had one of our scout uh, friends that threw really good BP. So it was myself and a friend and Kapler would hit with us. So he remembered that from like 2002, 2003 and uh, that's kind of how we hit up that relationship a little bit. And then the next thing I know, he calls me on a Thursday. It was uh, Valentine's Day. And he goes, hey, we'd like to hire you. And I was like, what? All right, I'm ready. He goes, can you leave on Saturday? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll pack up. I'm ready to go. So, and uh, here we are four years later. Wow. that That's awesome. Yeah, the ball yard. That's, I read a lot about that place in, uh, in the MVP machine talking Oh, yeah, about, mm-hmm. about JT swing changes and stuff. Yeah. So last year you coached one of the coaches in Tulsa, right? Correct. I was in Double A. 
Mm-hmm. Is is that, you know, bouncing between, I think you were scheduled to be in the, the Arizona Summer League this year, right? That is correct, yes. Is it, is it I mean, I, I assume it's not quite the same as when you're a player, you know, you, you hope to move up. I assume it's not quite promotions and demotions. It's more just kind of bounce around to wherever you're needed. Yeah, um, you know, the organization does a really good job of that, pairing people up with, you know, different coaching staffs or, you know, different ideas. A lot of it does um, have to do with, like, the players that are in certain age uh, ages, I guess you could say, or levels, uh, where, you know, this last year we had all those guys like Gavin Lux, McKinstry, Christian Santana, Omar Estevez, the Jeter Downs, you know, Jared Walkers, and I had those guys the year before in Ranch Cucamonga. So it's kind of like one of those things like maybe moving with them a little bit and then, you know, double A, triple A, those guys are in a good place. And they, you know, asked me if I was uh, okay with coming back down. And I was like, I don't really care. I mean, get to work for the Dodgers, my hometown team, like wherever you guys want me to go, I'm in. I mean, I I would be more than happy to help the younger guys out. It, to me, it really doesn't matter. So in the organization for us, it's not a motion or anything like that. It's more of where the Dodgers see you fit and where they think you can probably help best. So, yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break from my talk with Petey to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, if you've ever eaten protein bars, you know that that's not a super high bar to clear. Uh, no pun intended. Most protein bars taste like garbage, like literal garbage. The thing, go grab something out of your garbage, your recycling bin, to be fair. It's cardboard. Grab something out of your recycling bin, put it in your mouth, chew it. That's your usual protein bars. Now, grab a candy bar and eat it. That's what Built Bar tastes like. Built Bar tastes delicious. They have like 20 different flavors and all of them have chocolate in them pretty much. And you eat it and you wouldn't think you were eating something healthy. And yet Built Bar also has a ton fewer calories and less sugar than those crappy tasting protein bars, Uh, like one seventh the number of carbs and the amount of sugar, Uh, fewer calories. The peanut butter brownie one, 170 calories with 20 grams of protein, only three grams of sugar and three grams of net carbs. Mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, four grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. Like we're talking, you don't have to feel guilty at all. You go work out, you eat yourself a built bar and, and that's like a reward for your workout. So if you haven't tried it yet, come on people. We've been telling you about this for a while. Just trust me. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com with promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order and keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, we're going to jump right back into my interview with Petey Montero. Uh, There's like 20 minutes left of it and a lot of really interesting stuff. So take it away, me and Petey. So in addition to being, you know, one of the top major league teams the last several years, the Dodgers (laughs) also have consistently had, you know, top minor league systems, you know, top five pretty much every mm-hmm. year. I think they were, you know, one of the rankings, the Dodgers are the only team that have appeared on preseason and midseason rankings like every time for the last eight years or something. And, and some of that is good drafting, but a lot of that is player development. And what's it like for you? I'm not going to ask you to pat yourself on the back, but like to be a part of that team that is, widely regarded as one of the best player development systems in baseball. I mean, it's really awesome just because, you know, we're thinking about throughout the entire organization from 
the front office to the Dominican Summer League. Um, everybody within the Dodgers organization is so helpful. Um, like there's no egos. Everybody's just trying to help each other, trying to come up with one, you know, constant thing. And that's to help the players so that we can support them in any way possible. Um, and I mean, that goes from our major league coaches, like talking, you know, if we have questions about things or we want, I mean, we're collaborating with the major league staffs and the minor league staffs, coordinators. Um, it's, it's really been interesting to see how everyone's on the same page. There's no like, it's this way or it's this way. It's, hey, what are we going to teach? What are we going to work on? These are the things that we see are best for the organization. And from the bottom all the way to the top, everybody's doing it, which is really cool to see because now we get guys moving up. Um, that, you know, includes certain things from a learning standpoint, um, whether it's infield position, outfield positioning, everyone's doing the same thing from the Dominican all the way to the big league. So that continuity is really cool to have. And knowing that I can make a phone call, you know, last year I used to call Jeremy Rodriguez all the time be like, hey, just want to give you a heads up. Uh, So-and-so is coming. These are the things that he's been working on. These are the things that he needs to do. You might want to help him with this. And sure enough, um, you know, he sees it. He's like, oh, man, thanks so much. I totally understand what you're saying. And the same thing from the lower levels coming up to double A. It was that being able to talk amongst coaching staffs or coaches to, to help the player more than anything. Yeah, you can see that a lot with a guy like Matt Beatty. You know, in addition to being an awesome dude, he came up and like he just fit in with the big league Dodgers because he had that approach, you know, at the plate. He knows what he's doing. And obviously some of that is his his natural ability and his hard work. But he's got that. You can tell that he has been raised in the Dodgers system and and came in and fit perfectly in that Dodgers lineup and was able to contribute with, with coming. You know, he wasn't a touted prospect, you know, but he came up and he played a big part in what was the best regular season record in Dodger history last year. Right. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So right now, I don't know if you've noticed, the world kind of sucks right now. Uh, we've been on lockdown and things are starting to ease in some parts of the country, not as much in other parts of the country. What's it like for you guys as a coaching system? I know that you, you've been you know doing your Zoom calls with the other coaches and stuff. But beyond that, like, what are you guys doing as a coaching staff or multiple coaching staffs to keep yourselves ready and to keep the players ready as much as possible? Well, um, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the coaches. So I know a lot of the managers have meetings. Um, some of those Zoom meetings include uh, Bill Hasselman, who's like our coordinator of the managers, and he's been getting some really good people on. Guys like, you know, obviously Doc's been on to help the managers. Bob Guerin, our bench coach, has been on to talk to those guys. And then uh, George Lombard has been kind enough to help some of our first base coaches like myself. So we have meetings with him once a week and we just throw stuff at him from an outfield base running standpoint. And we just talk about different topics. Um, catchers are working on things infield crew uh, that I'm with. Uh, we had a bunch of meetings and then kind of had some stuff that we formulated to now come into this next phase of how we were going to talk with players and approach players Um Myself, I've been holding Saturday morning um, Zoom calls with uh, guys like Dino Ebel, John Shoemaker, Clayton McCullough, our field coordinator, a couple of our managers, Tony Capicilli, Austin Chubb, Jeremy Rodriguez, Fumi Ishibashi, Travis Barbary, uh, and myself. 
I don't want to leave those guys out because those guys have been really, you know, instrumental in helping us as coaches and learning from each other, learning about situations. How would you do this as a manager, as a coach, getting that major league experience, but also having some guest speakers on. Uh, we have had um, guys like Reggie Smith came on, had Mike Voltmer, who's one of our uh, uh, research and development uh, analysts in the big leagues. He helped us with some positioning stuff. Uh, Bob Guerin, Mike Sosha, uh, who else came on? Uh, there was a few other guys. I might be missing one here, but uh, we've had some really good guest speakers and have come up to talk to us. Oh, Galen Carr, one of our scouts, uh, pro scouting guys, he he came on and talked to us. So, you know, to be able to get like different views from not only us as coaches, but from the organization, like what guys do differently or how they can help us with the development of our players. And then, you know, ha have you had contact with the players yeah so so yeah we've been uh every every coaching staff got assigned a team uh and coordinators are kind of coming in and we we have a calendar we put all our zoom information all that stuff on a big schedule so you can go click on it and you know, it'll take you straight to the zoom uh so monday we do something at least every day if not every other day so this week we had a call on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today just got off one a little while ago. Um, whether it's from a hitting standpoint, base running, team fundamental, pitching, um, uh, how to approach hitters, individual meetings, outfield play, infield play. And we, we have like different things, PowerPoints that we put together for the players, uh, showing our team defense manual, going over situations, uh, and the guys are all in. It's it's really good to see these guys like work. Um, even from a ba base running standpoint, we you know show video of guys picking off, going to the plate, working on times, uh, working on you know the different things that we we talk about from a base running standpoint. So um, these guys are still getting a lot of work in. Uh, the coaches are working really hard throughout the entire organization to to get this information to our players. So we've uh, we've been pretty busy. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, you know. Were you familiar with Zoom before three months ago? Uh, no, but I think I'm really good at Zoom because I, I was going on the tutorials and figuring out all the things you can do. I mean, you can draw on anything that you pull up, uh, how to get better video quality. I mean, I had to teach guys like, hey, allow me to record your screen when it wasn't me who was the host. And like, what, well, you can do that? You know, so, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I think this is a really good tool cool because we can end up using this in the off season to communicate with players and coaches, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and maybe a second career when, when coaching's done, right? <laughs> do, do you think my experience, I'm trying to draw parallels here. And for me, you know, I, my, I have three kids who are all in school. And so the last couple months we've been having to be teachers for them and, and, you know, doing their stuff online and stuff. But one mm -hmm. thing I noticed is it's really easy for kids to slack off when, when they don't have their teachers breathing down their neck. And obviously professional baseball players are more mature than junior high students, but, but a lot of these kids are still kids, you know, and they're, they're young. Do you think there's going to be some sort of like separating the, the wheat from the chaff in this thing where you're going to, when, when you are able to get back in person and doing stuff, is it going to be kind of obvious which guys have really been taking this seriously on their own and which ones haven't? Um, you know, you, you'll probably be able to see those things, but I will say that 
again, a lot of it has to do with limited resources for certain guys. Uh, and I think in that sense, like that could potentially change the outcomes of how guys come back when they come back versus other guys that have the availability to go to a field every day, play catch, work out at a gym every day where we have guys, I mean, even myself, I'm not, I can't go to a gym, so I have to do all my workouts here. Um, and the same goes for the players. So I don't think we look at it. I mean, I know we don't look at it like that. It's more of, you know, I mean, we even have guys that are having trouble with, uh, you know, trying to get internet or Wi-Fi because it's just not available to them or they, they don't have good access to good internet. So, you know, in that sense, like we're doing whatever we can from a phone call, a WhatsApp text, just to communicate with these guys. Um, but I, I, the Dodgers are, I think, a different organization compared to others where we value the person and who they are and we have an understanding of, you know, maybe their situation and, you know, everyone's going to get their time to get back into it regardless of what they did prior to. Yeah, that kind of segues into uh, to what I want to ask you about next with, you know, the organization you see, there are a lot of organizations that are furloughing guys, cut, cutting, you know, releasing minor leaguers, cutting their staff, you know, their scouting staffs, everything. What have you seen on the Dodgers side? You know, you, you are kind of one of those guys, a minor league coach, when there's not going to be a minor league season for you to coach probably. In some organizations, you would be one of those guys who'd be worried about your job. Are you feeling any about any of that? Um, no, I mean, we just had a talk. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's seen the reports and stuff. But uh, right now, we, we are good to go. Um, we're going at this, you know, as hard as we can to help these players, you know, stay engaged and be ready. And, you know, I, at this moment right now, like as a organization, a lot of us don't have to worry about um, certain things because we still are working um, and we, you know, nothing's gone on uh, to change that. So uh, I think the Dodgers, anybody that's with the Dodgers is in a really good place right now including the players. And um, I think uh, we just have to take advantage of this time as best we can and help with the development of our players. Yeah. You know, as a, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan like you um, and, you know, you hope in your heart that your favorite team will do the right thing in a situation mm -hmm. like this, you know, and I, you know, seeing the, I don't know if you saw the tweet from the, the Mets minor leaguer who got released yesterday and kind of ranting about, Oh, Tim, Tim Tebow still has a job and I don't, you know, and, yeah. And I just think, man, I'm glad I'm not a fan of some of these other teams that are really, really not, not uh, acquitting themselves well in this situation. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are a class act organization and, you know, I mean, they're every day they're just showing that. So, yeah. you know, they care about everybody that's a part of the organization from if you work in one of the offices at the stadium or, you know, you work in the Dominican or you work in the minor leagues, doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, they just appreciate everyone that's a part of the organization as we all appreciate, you know, what they're doing for us too. So, yeah. And speaking of class act Dodgers, the news came out yesterday that David Price is going to open up his own, his own wallet and, and give money to every Dodgers minor leaguer this month. I assume you heard about that yesterday when, when it kind of became public. Yeah, I saw I saw the report that came out. I, I mean, I think it's uh, it's really awesome that a guy would do something like that. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, he hasn't even played for the Dodgers, and he's, you know, I think he just has an understanding of 
he was there once and I'm sure, you know, one of these guys that are down there that this might happen in another situation or case and, you know, giving back. And, you know, if you look at all of the guys that are with the Dodgers in the big leagues, all those guys are, you know, always helping the community and uh, being a part of the community. So, you know, not surprised that, you know, a Dodger would be helping out the minor leaguers, which is great. Um, I think it's really awesome, you know, for people to step up like that and, and help those guys out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so going forward, you know, assuming that there's not official minor league seasons this year, um, but, you know, if, if we get to the point where restrictions are lifted, do you guys anticipate bringing in a bunch of guys there to Arizona and, you know, doing kind of like a, a glorified extended spring training or something? You know, that that's a good question. We haven't really heard anything about it, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I think it really comes down to what the major league season is going to look like. What are going to be their needs? You know, all of that, you know, with roster construction and how many guys are going to be with the team versus maybe guys being in Arizona. I, I, that I don't know. Um, I'm sure when all this clears up, there's going to be some type of, you know, off season type of work, I guess you could say. Um, we just haven't heard anything about it at this point because nobody really knows. And, you know, again, we don't even know what's going on with the big leagues. So, uh, you know, they're still trying to figure out when they're going to start the season. And I think once that happens and, you know, maybe things start to clear up in the country, I think, you know, things start to open up more, uh, we'll be able to make decisions at that point. Yeah. Just kind of got to be prepared for anything right now, huh? Yeah, definitely. I think this is my last question for you. It wasn't really your intent to become a Dodgers coach. Uh, it kind of it happened naturally. Uh, but now that you're now that you're doing this, what are your are your personal ambitions going forward? What do you, where do you see yourself five or ten years from now? Um, I think just continuing to learn is one thing. Um, I feel like you need to learn something every single day, whether it's from a rule standpoint, uh, some type of you know, positioning, if you're an infielder, an outfield, catching, whatever, whatever that job entails for you. I think, you know, trying to hone in on that and get better at it. Um, you know, I really am enjoying what I'm doing. I love, you know, helping players and supporting them in any way that I can. Um, you know, I don't know where this is going to take me. Uh, you know, if there's an opportunity to, to, you know, become a manager or, you know, become a coordinator, you know, I'd be willing and open to, you know, try those things out and see how that how that goes. Um, you know, if there's an opportunity to, you know, get an interview or something for a major league job, I mean, you know, I would be lying if I said, you know, that I, that's not, you know, what I want to do. I, of course, I think everybody has to strive for something, but uh, I like living in the moment and where I'm at right now. Um, and what, wherever it takes me, I think, um, you know, I'll let that kind of, be the judge and guide of, you know, where I need to be at that point. Um, you know, cause I, I don't, I don't make those decisions. I don't know, you know, could I be a manager next year? Sure. Could I be a manager five years from now? Yeah. I mean, nobody really knows. I think, um, trying to be the best at, uh, what I am at that point in that year. Um, that's what I try to look for every, every year that I go into this. Very cool. I lied. This is my last question. How cool is John Shoemaker? Shoemaker. Shoe. She's the best. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I've heard stories about Shoe from Reggie Smith when I was younger. 
and always talked about this guy shooter 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 this shooter that and I remember when I got hired by the Dodgers Reggie you know called me to congratulate me and he goes hey I'm gonna tell you one thing when you get there you go find John Shoemaker and you go stay on his hip as long as you can like literally stay attached to his hip I said okay I'm gonna do it and I did. And I, to this day, I still, you know, lean on shoe for everything. I, you know, whatever he's doing, I'm, I'm trying to do because he, you know, he's a great example of what it is to be a coach, but also be a really good person. And, you know, he wouldn't be with the Dodgers this long if he wasn't that, you know, really good teammate and, you know, have the attitude that he has going into it every year. And, you know, I've been, I, I was fortunate enough to have him in 2017 as my manager in the AZL and I learned so much from him and being able to spend time with him after the game till like one, two o'clock in the morning talking about the situations or just things that, you know, we can work on for the next day. But, uh, I mean, it, it is really cool. And I know there are some organizations that have guys like Shu, and, you know, some of those guys are managing now in the big leagues. And I think, you know, for, for people to be around someone like Shu, I mean, I know I'm blessed and very fortunate to be around a guy like him. Yeah. Yeah. I was with my, my two sons down at spring training a couple of years ago and we were back on the backfield, just watching one of the minor league games. And, uh, and I saw him walk towards us and I just, you know, told my boys, that's John Shoemaker. He's been a coach with the Dodgers forever. And he heard me say his name. And so he walked over to us and he talked oh, wow. baseball with my boys for like five minutes, just, you know, you know, asking about them and, and checking, you know, he's just so nice. And, uh, and you could just tell, just in those couple of minutes, I'm like, man, I would love to talk baseball with this guy for like 35 hours. <laughs> oh yeah. It's fun. I mean, I, I, we talk during the off season and we'll just start chatting about things and, you know, he's great, especially on those calls that I have on Saturdays where he's in and, you know, he gives a lot of his experiences where, you know, sometimes there's no, there's no one way of doing things as a coach, whether you're a manager, a pitching coach, you know, catching instruct, whatever it is. Um, but being able to see his side and his views on, pretty much the entire game and how things have played out and how he's seen things or how he's handled things. It's really cool. Cause it's, I mean, it's almost like you have a human, you know, dictionary with everything in it and you just get to hear it all the time. So really Absolutely. fortunate to have him. Very cool. Well, PD, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's cool to get this insight from an actual Dodgers coach about what's going on because you know, the, it's so hard to know what's going on anywhere. And it, and it's uh it's good to hear that uh, the Dodgers minor leagues are under control and we can continue to look forward to years of big league success. Thanks to uh, guys like you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, man. I, I really had a blast and you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, it's always good to, you know, communicate, you know, some stuff to, to, to people out there knowing that, you know, we're all, we're all always working hard to help our players, you know, achieve their goals to get to the big leagues at some point. Very cool. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Petey. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Uh, thanks again to Petey Montero for taking the time to talk with me. He is a really cool guy. You can follow him on Twitter at pmontero. Uh, he doesn't tweet much, but you can do that anyway. Um, yeah, and we Vince and I will be back together tomorrow. Like I said, we'll probably talk about the the rumored or leaked counter proposal for the players to the owners. Uh, I'm hoping that it will be official and we'll actually know. Actually, I don't know. There might not be any officialness in any of this. I think we're just dealing with leaks right now. 
but we'll talk about that. There's definitely some signs of maybe willing to compromise. Uh, I'm seeing it as a promising development anyway. So Vince and I will be back tomorrow to talk about that. Please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. If you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it, please subscribe there to help other people find us. Obviously, if you have nice things to say about us, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. If you have mean things to say about us, um, I don't know, reconsider, look into your heart, uh, find, find, your, find your soul, man. Uh, but anything you want to say to us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Uh, Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. DMs are open on all of those, so you can hit us up anytime you want. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text anytime you want at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you will be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. All heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?